Hello, my name is Diane Schindler. You are listening to In the Know. This podcast show includes writing tips, travel tips, and my views of life from savvy and thoughtful to quirky and humorous. I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, simply put, today I want to talk to you about what I have been doing to keep myself busy these days. First, I'm swimming every other day. I'm up to 30 minutes with a straight freestyle stroke. And that's a big accomplishment for me since when I started a few months ago, I could barely swim 15 feet without stopping to catch my breath. So 30 minutes of freestyle is just really great. And of course, I'm biking and I'm walking when the oppressive heat of Florida isn't breathing down my throat. I'm reading and I'm writing and I'm watching movies. Most of what I'm doing these last few weeks is I've taken a specific approach to watching movies. I mean, I felt like I had watched everything on Netflix and everything on Hulu and everything on Prime. That's not true, of course. But I decided that I'm going to be more focused on what I'm watching on TV. So my focus now is movies that take place in small towns. Now, it's really good to watch movies when you're a writer because often movies come from books. And even when they don't, often, when they're good, they follow the guideline and structures of a good novel. So let's talk about small town novels. You know, what is so intriguing about small town novels? Well, for me, it's the characters. It's all about the characters. They're quirky, they're fun, they're crazy. And when a movie and a novel is well done, the characters are complex. That's what I'm interested in. In small towns, everyone has something to hide. You know, juicy stuff takes place in small towns. Like pure, small politics personal rivalries, hidden agendas, and petty vendettas that often have little to do with the real conflict at hand, but it's all very interesting. So I want to start by telling you, um, making, a li- making a list for you about the small town novels that I've read. And then I want to talk about the small town movies that I've been watching recently, just a few of some of my favorites. To prepare for this podcast, I went to Goodreads. Now, Goodreads lists 224 novels about small town life. At the top of their list are three or four novels that I've read, and you probably have too. Number one is To Kill a Mockingbird. Fried Green Tomatoes is the second one on the Goodreads list. Fried Green Tomatoes at the Whistle Stop Cafe by Flanny by Fanny Flagg. Oh, I remember her. With She's still alive, of course, and she's from Alabama. I watched this movie recently, Fried Green Tomatoes. Shipping News, The Adventures of Tom Sawyer. I'm sure we've all read that. Our Town, It by Stephen King. Winesburg, Ohio is a book that I read in undergraduate school, written by Sherwood Anderson. 
We Were the Mulvaney's by Joyce Carol Oates. You know, that became a movie too. I also read Middle March by George Eliot and of course Silas Marner by George Eliot. Those small town novels were and are classics. So those are the novels. Now let's go to the movies. I hope that you think about watching these movies. Maybe you'll join me in watching these movies. Well, let me jump to a couple of movies. There's romantic comedies with Hugh Grant. The first one came out in 1994 and it's called Four Weddings and a Funeral. Remember that? It's lovable Englishman Charles, that's Hugh Grant, and a group of his friends seem to be unlucky in love. And finally, Charles meets a beautiful American. Her name is Carrie, and that's Andy McDowell. He meets her at a wedding, and he thinks his luck may have changed. But after one magical night, Carrie goes back to the United States ending what might have been a wonderful romance. As the story progresses, Charles and Carrie continue to cross paths. And they cross paths over the handful of nuptials and one funeral. And Charles comes to believe that they are meant to be together, even if their timing always seems to be off. And you remember the characters in that, in that movie? Those kind of quirky English interesting characters appear not the very same uh, uh, actors but that notion of those kind of quirky characters appear again in another Hugh Grant film and this is with Julia Roberts do you remember Notting Hill it was released in 1999 I watched it Julia plays a very very successful actress she walks into Hugh Grant's little bookstore, and suddenly sparks fly in a good way. (laughs) And he has a little family of friends, and they're all quirky and devoted to one another through it all. And he, you know, he's smitten with her, and she with him. It's really sweet, cute, feel-good film. All of, so both of these Four Weddings and a Funeral and Notting Hill, Romantic Comedies. I hope you you don't think they're chick flicks. They may be considered chick flicks. But if you look at them, if you look at the plot and the characters from a writer's perspective, it's a really great way to learn about writing. The next movie, My Friend Dr. J., former Ph.D. sex therapist turned erotica writer who is now writing a romance novel, put me on to this movie that I had never heard of before. It's called A Love Song for Bobby Long. It was released in 2004. I couldn't find it on Prime. I couldn't find it on Netflix or any place else, but I found it on YouTube. So that's A Love Song for Bobby Long, 2004. It's on YouTube. It stars John Travolta and Scarlett Johansson. It's a screenplay based on a novel entitled Off Magazine Street, written by Ronald Ronald Everett Capps. So let me give you a brief overview. Following the death of her mother from a drug overdose, 18-year-old Percy Will leaves a Florida trailer park. Now, she lived in this trailer park, and this is 
this is Scarlett Johansson. Percy Will lived in a, in a trailer park and she was living there with her abusive boyfriend. And so she leaves him to return to her hometown of New Orleans after her mother dies. Her mother, Lorraine, was a, ja- was a jazz singer and Percy always felt neglected because Lorraine seemed to have a life separate from her. And when she felt neglected... And when she was growing up, Percy dropped out of high school and left the city. So you got that? It's probably not in chronological order. But suffice it to say, this is a small town movie where Percy's mother has died. And Percy comes back to this small area in New Orleans. And she's surprised to find strangers living in her mother's dilapidated home. Who lives there? Bobby Long a former professor of literature at Auburn University turned full-time drunk, and that's John Travolta, and his protege and former teaching assistant Lawson Pines, who is a struggling writer. Of course, both both men are heavy drinkers and heavy smokers, and they pass time quoting poets, playing chess, and spending time with the neighbors. Bobby Long also sings country folk song. So it's a rich, rich story. So these two characters, Bobby Long and Lawson Pines, convince Percy that her mother left the house to all three of them. And of course, that's not true. The truth is Percy is the sole heir. And the other two are really limited by her mother's will as to how long they can stay in the house. It is the sweetest, most interesting love story. I mean, it's not necessarily, I mean, Johansson's character does fall in love, but it's more about love of family and commitment of family. It's coming of age in a way, too, so I encourage you to watch that on YouTube, A Love Song by Bobby Long with John Travolta and Scarlett Johansson. take a moment to tell you about the writing that I have been doing recently. I just finished my third book. It's entitled Claim Denied. It's an electrifying international cyber espionage thriller set in Pristina, Kosovo. The plot and the characters came to me from my experiences as a writing consultant when I was working for the American University of Kosovo. Now, the publication date, it's out to beta readers right now. So I'm hoping to get it published by, this may be too ambitious, by the 1st of December. Let me read to you the blurb on the back of the book cover. I'm having the book cover design even as we speak. So again, the title is Claim Denied. This is the blurb. Feisty and outspoken Anita Evelyn Hart and her fiancé, the charming and wealthy activist Andre Orlov Stefan, left Minnesota to launch a new life abroad. Their plan? Well, he'd work for the State Department and she'd teach English and together they'd make a difference in people's lives throughout the world, one country at a time, starting in Pristina, Kosovo. 
within the day of their arrival in Pristina, Anita's world crashed. She learned someone had killed Andy, a single gunshot to the back of his head. She refused to believe it until an ominous stranger banged on her door and she learned undeniable facts. Andy was dead and she was prey. Anita knew one person in all of Kosovo, and that was Andy's friend, Gray Valentin. She loathed the rotund and awkward know-it-all, but he was her only hope of untangling this traumatic mystery murder. Why would anyone want to kill her beloved Andy? And how had she become the hunted? Can she decode the clues in time? And will she survive? So that's the blurb for this new book. And it's at the beta readers. And I'm hoping to have it out published by the 1st of December. Meanwhile, even though I promised myself I would write and then I would rest. Well, it doesn't work anymore. So now I'm in Florida writing, working on a fourth book. It's in the concept stage, but this is what I have come up with. It's a small town. Hence, hence, hence the podcast on small town. Don't you love that? It's a small town mystery novel packed with captivating and quirky characters, and it's set in a fictional community on the eastern shore of Virginia. Now, this imaginary town is reminiscent of a quaint village I fell in love with and visited many times in early 2000. Gosh, wouldn't it be great if I could finish this book by fall of 2021? We'll see. I like to set goals for myself, even though, if I, even though I may not be able to reach them. <laughs> Why not? Well, thank you for that. If you have more questions about my book, please write me. You can find more information in the show notes. The Grand Seduction is a movie that was released in 2013. I I don't know how I came across this, but it is just the the sweetest, quirky, fun, laugh out loud, good feeling, honorable, integral story about a community in Newfoundland, Canada. So let me tell you about this story a little bit. The story begins with Murray French story begins with him as a young boy narrating, talking about his father, one of the fishermen in the small community of Ticklehead, Newfoundland. Murray feels that the community has a shared sense of purpose and an ethic of hard work and notes his parents' domestic bliss. Well, fast forward several, several years later, Murray is an adult. The town of 120 can no longer fish. I guess it's the law. I can't remember that part. I think the law has decided they can no longer fish. So everyone in town is on welfare. The only, there are only two people in town that earn money. And the one is Kathleen, who is the post office clerk. And the other one is the bank branch manager, Henry Tiller. And he's, you know, he's going to be replaced by an ATM. So that's the setting. 
The men of Ticklehead, including Murray, line up at the town's post office to receive their welfare checks from the clerk, Kathleen, and then they go to the bank branch manager, Henry Tilly, to get them to get those uh, checks cashed. So it's really a tough time. And what's even worse, Murray, his wife is leaving him. She's separating from him and she's taken a job in the big city of St. John's. So then, at a town meeting, the mayor tells Murray that a petrochemical factory is being negotiated for the town, but the company requires a doctor to be resident there. That's the good news. The bad news is the community has been trying unsuccessfully for eight years to find a doctor. Murray says to the mayor, the factory and the doctor are the solution to the mayor's troubles. Later, Murray sees the mayor undercover leaving town with his family for a job in St. John's. So there's more to this story to make it more um, interesting. So now in St. John's, there's a plastic surgeon. His name is Dr. Paul Lewis. He's flying home when a security agent finds cocaine in his luggage. And the security agent is guess who? The former mayor of Ticklehead. So the mayor makes a deal with Dr. Lewis, and he says in exchange for overlooking the possession of cocaine in the suitcase, Dr. Lewis must agree to live in the town for one month. Lewis decides to do that. So now Murray, who's kind of the pseudo-mayor, he arranges for the seduction, hence the title, the grand seduction. He arranges for the seduction of Dr. Lewis to a long-term contract. And he tells the people of Ticklehead a lie. He says, when we get this physician, it guarantees a location for the new factory. That's not quite true, but that's what he tells them. So he convinces the the townspeople to pretend to play cricket because that's the doctor's favorite sport. And they also tap the doctor's phone to learn more ways to entice him to stay 120 people live in this little community. It's a laugh-out-loud, guffaw, heartwarming story. Finally, I want to tell you about what's eating Gilbert Grape. (sighs) Johnny Depp. I love this movie. It's been a long, and I started to watch it again last night in preparation for this podcast, but it cost (laughs) $3.99. I wasn't willing on the spur of the moment. I wanted to sit back and take time with my popcorn and watch this movie again. So Johnny Depp is Gilbert Grape, and it's a small town. And it stars um, Johnny Depp, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Juliette Lewis. So Gilbert Grape, he's a small-town young man with a lot of responsibility. He's responsible for his hugely overweight mother. She's so heavy she can't leave the house. And his mentally impaired younger brother, Arnie. Arnie, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, has a knack for finding himself in trouble. Gilbert settles into a job at a grocery store, and he has an ongoing affair with a local older woman. But his life is shaken up by the free-spirited Becky that comes to town. Her name is Juliet Lewis, you know. I mean, her name is Becky. She's played by Juliet Lewis. I encourage you to watch this movie. Spend the $3.99 to watch it. 
At the time, Leonardo DiCaprio was 19 years old. And he, I remember thinking, I mean, I, I kind of saw Leonardo for the first time again, if that makes any sense. He was incredible in this movie. Now, he was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. Just for watching Leonardo DiCaprio in this movie, it certainly is a draw. It's a heart-rendering story that is a, sort of a coming-of-age story for our protagonist, Gilbert Grape. So there you have it. Besides swimming and walking and biking, I'm focused on my movie watching and have been looking at small town movies. I'm gathering data to write my next novel, which is a small town novel, getting a sense of characterization and conflict and all the elements that go into a good novel and a good movie. Great way to escape. Think about it. You change your scenery and you get into other people's lives, if only for 90 minutes or so. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening to In the Know. If you would like to support the show, you can do so by subscribing and sharing it with your family and friends. You can like this episode, leave a comment, and even add a rating. Your support is very important to the success of In the Know. Thank you for listening and see you next time.